Well, Core Church today is just one of those days. It is a exciting day, but it is it's a hard day. It's a difficult day. It's a day where we are. Uh, I don't want to say we're saying goodbye, uh, but we are truly sending Daniel and Di and their family to Ohio. And and so today we're going to talk about that for a few minutes. But before before we do that, um, you want Eric to come back? Yeah, Eric, okay, come Eric. Back up. He has no idea what's going on. Seriously, Eric, you got to yeah, come. I'll, I'm going to step out. You can have a seat right here, my friend. Right there. <laughs> All right. So for the last 11 and a half years, I've had the privilege of being the worship leader at this church in various forms. I started at Connection Church, and uh, for the last however many years it's been at Core Church. And um, worship is, is always something that's going to be near and dear to my heart. I love it. I love playing. But um, what God's called me into, you know, there, there's a certain sense of, of stepping out of that calling and into a different calling. But I, and I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that, except that I know that the worship at Core Church is going to be in such incredible hands in these guys, in this guy's hands right here. And, and so as kind of a way to symbolically, and I guess even literally, figuratively, pass the torch to Eric, I wanted to do something. So there is, uh, every time Eric has to play electric, and I, I've owned many guitars in my life. Probably should not get into how many guitars I've owned in my life. That's a subject for a different sermon. <laughs> um, but I've had one that um, has kind of been the, the favorite of myself and of Eric. Every time he plays guitar, he always asks, can I, can I borrow the red one? And so because of that, um, I want to present to you, Eric, a parting gift from me for you because I believe in you. I know the worship is going to be awesome, and I know your heart for worship is amazing. And so I want you to continue on the tradition of what we've built here and uh, use this and love it and wow. think of me when you play it, not in a weird way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh. Core Church, uh, wow. you guys... We have an amazing worship leader, uh, an amazing talent, and, and more than his talent, um, Eric's heart for worship and for the Lord is, is just so incredible. Um, he's helped me grow as a musician, but he's helped me grow as a pastor, and he's helped me grow just as a worshiper in the time I've spent with him. And so this is the least that I could do, but man, I just want to say I love you, and um, I hope this blesses you, brother. Daniel, thanks, man. I, uh, I appreciate that. It means a lot. Yeah, means absolutely. A lot. absolutely. Love you, too. Proud of what you're doing. Wow. All right. All right. Thanks, well, I, I guess we can't hug because of social distancing. I know. I need to be embraced so. here. <laughs> Eric's going to go hug himself <laughs> off screen. <laughs> Seriously, though. That won't be awkward at all. <laughs> yeah. Your light strumming as, as Brad and I are talking. That, that is the um, awkwardness of this day yeah. because when you say goodbye to people, I mean, that's what you do. You you hug people, and you shake hands. You all of that, and so we're, it's just so bizarre to to do this. But um, by the way, uh, Di and all the kids are here, so you may hear them running around a little bit. And uh, and then our team is here. Come on, team, let's hear you. Let's. Uh, so so thankful for our team that's been here and been a part of this. Um, Everything's changing quickly, so I know some of you are wondering, the big question I know, when are we going to start meeting again? And and we've been meeting, Daniel and I have met with Eric and some of our executive team, met with our advisory board, I've talked with countless pastors, large churches, mega churches in our city, small churches in our city, collaborating, working together, trying to figure out when is it best for us to begin coming back together because that is the church. The church is, is what we've been doing. It's, it's been great, but you and I all know that it's really about this Yeah. there every week. Honestly, we've all been privileged because we're all sitting in the same room together and it just feels right. But when you're having to watch it on a screen, it's just, it's just not the same thing. But what I want you to know is that we are just, we are moving quickly, but with caution. So quickly and with caution, and it's a week-to-week -week process for us. So all I can tell you is right now, we are planning next Sunday to continue to be online, and then we will evaluate from there. Now, here's the thing I know. 
for some of you, that's so frustrating because you're just, you know, hey, all guns blaring, let's go, let's get together, let's make this happen, come on, and let's push forward. And so you're frustrated, and I get that. And then there's, though, the complete opposite end of the spectrum on that, and that is those of you that are like, wait, we would come back like soon? Why, we should be waiting till 2021 to come back. And, and I know we kind of laugh about that, but this is the thing. I, I understand that. And I think what we have to do, especially as the body of Christ, this is going to be a, a telling moment for the body of Christ. How you react in the workplace, how you react with um, as they open up um, kids' sports again, as the church opens up, as you talk to your neighbors, we have to respect one another. And, the, and that is what we have to model as followers of Jesus. In fact, as we've done this here every week, I say to, to our team, if you don't feel comfortable, don't come. Or if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Because your safety is, the, is the, of the utmost importance to us. And so we're, we're monitoring this, trying to think what is best for the public safety. Uh, we're talking to people in the medical field, that even in our church, what would be best but we're also looking at public perception um, because as followers of Jesus, we want to make sure that we present Jesus in the best light possible for our community. So as we know, as we roll it out, we're going we're gonna to let you know. We want. First of all, I just want to say this. I appreciate our governor, and I appreciate his heart for the church. That man loves Jesus, and he wants the church to meet, and I love his passion for the church, and I love your passion as I hear you talking to us, you're talking to in your groups like, when can we get back together? And what I love about that, it says we love one another. Like we really desire yeah. to be together. It's not like, now we can do this a little bit longer, right? I don't have, you know, it's like a bad family reunion. Like when's the family reunion? Oh, it got canceled this year, <laughs> man. And it's not like that. So we're going to continue today our series called He Is. It's the last week of the series. Next week, we start a new series called Quarantine. My mother-in-law, i got to give her credit for that one because we're going to be talking about people in Scripture who have gone through quarantine, just like we've been going through quarantine. What can we learn from them? What does God want to teach us? Quarantine is really just another way of looking at crisis in our life. And so we'll be talking about how do we navigate through a crisis. That starts next week. But we've been talking about He is. And in the middle of this pandemic, we've been talking about this idea of like, you know, fear is rampant and, and there's panic and, and school is out and, and are my kids going to learn and am I going to have my job and, and what, is, what does all this look like? And in order to have faith rise up in you, what you've got to do is you've got to come back and center yourself. Oh yeah, He is. He is. And today, because Daniel's here, we're going to talk about how He is sending you. In fact, I think this is really perfect timing for this message because um, the stay-at-home order is ending for Broken Arrow. Um, businesses are going to be going back. We're going to be going back into the workplace. Things are going to be changing. What does that mean to go back out? Mm -hmm. And I believe God is sending us. And so obviously, Daniel, I want him to share. and He's going to be sharing a lot about his journey and his story today. I'm really excited about hearing that. But if you have a Bible, go to John chapter 20 because we're going to look at the words of Jesus this is after Jesus' resurrection. If you're new to church and you don't have a Bible, Version is a great app to download. Um, if you don't know who John is, that's okay. John's one of the four Gospels, and John was basically known as Jesus' best friend. He was one of Jesus' disciples. And so after Jesus' resurrection, he appeared to the disciples. And in John chapter 20, I'm going to read you a few verses, and then we're going to pray together, and we're going to lean into this. Verse 19 says, that Sunday, more, that Sunday evening, the disciples, they were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Remember, this is after Jesus' uh, death and his resurrection, so they're freaking out. It says, suddenly, Jesus is standing there among them, and he says this, peace be with you. Come on, turn to somebody and tell, you, tell them right now, peace be with you. Peace, peace be, with be with you. So as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said to them, peace be with you. And here's the key. He said this then, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Today, we're going to talk about how he is sending you. So wherever you are, let's just stop. Let's just pray for just a moment. Father, we just thank you for the moment we have here um, we pray that you're honored in the conversation that Daniel and I have. I pray, God, that we as individuals will be spurred by his story, that it won't be just us sending him out, but we will be spurred on by his story, that it will cause us to live sent lives as well. 
And God, I pray in every environment, some people this morning, they are alone. Some people are in an apartment and they've got a friend or maybe they're with their family and there's distractions and there's different things that are causing our attention to go other places. But I, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would really help us today that when we have something we need to hear that God, you will cause us to quicken our attention and your Spirit will speak to us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So if you have been a part of Core Church for any amount of time, you know that we are ascending church. It's a big deal to us. We are always sending people out into full-time ministry, sending and commissioning people into ministries that they are starting, sending people into their workforce, sending you into your community. We believe that we are all called to live sent lives. And so as we talk about this idea of he is sending you, uh, I mean, if anybody is living that out in a big-time way right now, it's you. But I realize that some people are like, there's some people right now that know, know everything that's happening. But there's some that are like, oh, wait, is this it? Is, wait, is, is this the last Sunday? And then there's some have no idea what's happening. So uh, for those that don't know, bring them up to speed. Tell us what, what you're doing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we are tomorrow loading up. Uh, well, actually, with the trailer, we're loading up the trailer today after, after church. And then tomorrow we, we are heading uh, to Pastor Lifehouse Church in Chardon, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cleveland. It's about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. And so this is a culmination uh, of quite the journey for, for us. Um, I started out 11 and a half years ago, and we're going to get more into the story, but you know, just at a 30,000 foot view, 11 and a half years ago in the marketplace, mm -hmm. and then going from that to leading worship part-time, then six years ago, pretty much six years ago, exactly, yeah. um, coming on staff here at Core Church full-time in a pastoral role, and now taking a step to become a lead pastor. So it is, it's quite the deal, and uh, we're hitting the road tomorrow. We were going to have some great, like, you know, National Lampoon's family road trip, COVID, <laughs> COVID, you know, Totally killed that for us. So now hey, we you, just were gonna, you were going to uh, you were going to start stop at the arch. Yeah, I guess yeah. you still are, but you're going to be like, there it is, there it is, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's half of a big McDonald's, kids. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, and now we're going to go through the drive-through McDonald's. Yes, so, yeah, and sit in our cars. What a crazy trip. So this idea of sending is a lot of times when pastors leave, whether they're associates or lead pastors, it's like, oh, they're they're leaving us, and I guess they're going to go somewhere else. That's the wrong way to look at it. Man, we have to remember that we are um, the church, capital C church. And for I know that there's people from Lifehouse Church that have even been watching because you've been a part of this. And, and we are excited about sending Daniel and his family. And we've been doing all we can in the past few months to prepare for that and, and to help. And you've actually been doing messages online, people may not know this, for Lifehouse the last six last weeks? six weeks, yeah. So I want to I want to say thanks first of all to you, uh, for your heart for the kingdom, and, and on behalf of Lifehouse, thank you because we've um, when we use the same facilities and same production crew, and so for the last six weeks I've been able to to preach um, at Lifehouse, um, and, and so I've I've had a chance to get a head start. But also Eric and Jen have been leading worship uh, mm -hmm. for them as well, and so. It really has been an amazing partnership, yeah. and um, that only happens because, first and foremost, because you have a heart for the kingdom, and mm -hmm. you have a heart not just to build core church, but to build the church. Yeah, uh, it's, I mean that is what it is all. I, that's what I just get. That's what I get most excited about. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm not super excited about this. <laughs> that's I'm just not. But that's part of the deal. We'll yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that. What I want us all to understand, though, is that. So right now, you might be saying, oh, well, I get, I'm not, I, this is not me. I'm not called into full-time ministry. So how is this going to apply to me? This is what I want us to see. I want us to learn through Daniel's story today because we are all called into ministry. Yes. It's just some of us have been set apart for vocational ministry. Uh, in fact, at Core Church, we say this, you were created on purpose for a purpose. And this is what we believe, that you have a primary purpose and you have a personal purpose. We all have a primary purpose, and that is to take the hope and the healing and the peace and the purpose of Jesus into the world. Yes. Whatever part of the world God is calling you to, we are all called to live sent in that way. But we also have a personal purpose. Yours is ministry, full-time vocational ministry. Mine is full-time vocational ministry. Yours is to go to Ohio. And I think in a personal purpose, it's about 
where specifically does God want me to serve the yeah. kingdom of God? I, I like to think of it this way. He has a cause and he has a career for you. There is, there's a cause, there's a ministry, there's an injustice in this world, there's a wrong that needs to be made right, and God's going to light you up for that. The other thing I believe, though, is that you have a career. Most people never think of their career as, I was talking to a banker a couple of weeks ago that was helping us with the, with the uh, stimulus loan and, and how the churches could be helped with that, and I just said, God's using you because he's a believer, and he's yeah. like, wait, what? I go, no, you're living out your purpose. And and he was so excited to see, like, wow, I never thought as a banker yeah. that has to do with building the kingdom. That's what it's about. So we're gonna we're gonna look at that today. And what we're gonna look at is what does it mean to live sent? What does it mean to live sent? And and if so, like where? Like where? How do I figure out where God wants me? So let's go back to the scripture. John nineteen John twenty, verse nineteen says this, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because, and say this with me, they were afraid. This is so important. They were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them, and he said this, peace be with you. Now, what many times we think as followers of Jesus is, if you are afraid then you must not have faith. You're not, you're, not, well, you're not supposed to be afraid. You're supposed to walk in faith. In fact, we probably heard during this pandemic, faith over fear, yeah. Yeah. which is true, but being afraid is normal and it's natural and it, it's a part of life. The disciples here, it's understandable that they were afraid. We pick on these guys like, why are they afraid? They just killed their leader. Yeah. If they go outside those doors they more than likely themselves could be killed. So what they're doing, and we talked about this several weeks ago, we've been talking about this idea that is your fear rooted in reality or is it rooted in assumption? Mm -hmm. If it's rooted yeah. in assumption, that's where you're just, oh, that's where the sky is falling. Right. But, but if it's rooted in reality, that's healthy because it's warning you of danger. It's warning you of the possibility of something that could happen to you. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Unhealthy fear causes paralysis. Mm. Unhealthy fear causes paralysis. But healthy fear causes you to pause and process. Mm. Healthy fear causes you to pause and process. And I'm telling you, over the last 11 and a half years, if I've ever seen anyone who pauses and processes, <laughs> it's this guy. It, it has not been a, you know, moment for you yeah yeah that's that's you've had a front row seat for that <laughs> oh yeah and uh yeah well, you know as we talk about this idea of fear and and your calling and stepping out uh, i think you're you're spot on you know we kind of have this like gospel according to zach williams thing you know fear is a liar you know and it's like that whole <laughs> and it's like and so you think any sort of fear that you feel that was a good zach williams. thank you that's was, that was pretty spot on i only do that once the throat's already given out you know um but any sort of fear that you feel that that all of a sudden you're like you're out, you're out of God's will, you're mm -hmm. not in faith. I've encountered a lot of fear that I've had to deal with and work through yeah. in this process of, of discovering my calling in the ministry and, and even in this. And and the way I think of it, you know, is I think some people, when they get a calling, it's like a spotlight calling. Yep. You know, it's like, boom, there it is. It just yeah. kind of drops on you. But some people, their calling is more of a sunrise. Mm. And, and it's kind of gradual and you kind of lead yep. into it. And, and my calling was not a spotlight calling. Mm -hmm. It was a sunrise calling. It was It was slow. It was gradual. I had to work through a lot of fear. And, and honestly, just I, I had fear. And you remember, we had lots of conversations. I had fear of um, financial fear. You know, I came from the marketplace. I had a pretty good job in sales. I had a company car. Um, you know, and it was like giving that up and stepping into into ministry. You know, into um, working. I mean, basically, just you strip the spirituality. You're working for a nonprofit. You know, and just yeah. kind of stepping into that. I was like. That was that was something I was afraid to do. I was afraid to have, you know, I was afraid of what it would do to my family. Am I going to raise pastors' kids? What's what's that going to be like? Mm -hmm. I was afraid of just so, you know, I was afraid of the target, on the target that would put on our back yeah. spiritually, you know. And, and so I was afraid of the stigma of being in ministry and just having to introduce myself as Pastor Dan. We had lots and lots and lots of lunches. You and I mean, over lunches. 11 and yes. a half years, lots of lunches yes. about those fears. Mm -hmm. And I just, in fact, in the middle of all that, and even early on, I remember just really believing 
you, I saw it all over you. I saw the anointing on you. I saw the calling on you. But I was like, I am not going to put that on him because when you, whatever you step into, you have to process that and yeah. you have to come to a decision on your own because it's going to be challenged at times. Yeah. Yeah, and my mom had already put that calling on me from an early age, That's so right. I didn't need yeah. someone else, you know, piling on. <laughs> your your mom is she saw you as a pastor, didn't she? Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was nuts, and so I think part of that fear was too was I was running from that, you know that. Mm. You know, I, I think there's that certain amount of like, I, that's not what I want. I don't want her to be right about my life. Yeah. You know, there's that kind of stuff too. So, yeah. um, <laughs> well, so the thing is, when you when you think about. What is God wanting me to step into? Whether that is sharing with my neighbor across the street yeah. the hope of Jesus, or it's starting a ministry, or maybe, I, well, not maybe, I know for some of you it's to go into full-time vocational ministry. You, you're going to have fear. Your heart's going to race. That is from God. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, it's from God at times because he's saying, no, to stop and process. Pause and process. Very good thing to do. You have to and, count the cost. Yeah. So, And, and that's what we talk about in verse 20. He says this. As he spoke, as Jesus spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and on his side. The thing we have to remember, and we know this, but we got to say it again, is Jesus' mission cost him everything. I mean, he was beaten, he was spit on, he was abused, he was mocked, and ultimately nailed to the cross. So I want you to write this down because this is an important part of, of stepping into being sent in your life is my calling comes with a cross. My calling is going to come with a cross. When you when you step out for Christ, there are going to be difficult days. Yeah. And you when you began this process especially with Ohio, oh my goodness. I mean, just I can't believe what these last 4 months feel more like 4 years because of what you've had to go through as you said yes to this call. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. You know, I really believe that um, when you make a decision to do something great for God, that after decision comes opposition. Mm. And, and you can set your watch to it. I mean, it's, mm. it is just going to happen. Anytime you decide, I'm going to step out and do something great for the Lord, you're going to have things come up against you. And, and so for us, you know, there's a couple of, of, of big things that happened in our life. And so right around the time we were finalizing uh, going to Ohio and we had said yes a, a few weeks later I find out that my mom has breast cancer mm. and so um, we had to walk through that and, and and your mom's a widow and my mom yeah twice my mom is twice widowed twice widowed and so she uh, you know is living by herself and you are her only child and I am her only child yes and, and so we had to walk and, and had to navigate through what does this mean for a decision? What yeah. does this mean? And so we had, you know, had to take care of, of my mom. And, and then, of course, on top of that as well. Well, hang on. Before you go to there, yeah. I just, um, I, I so I've had a front row seat to all of this stuff. And I watched Daniel, I think it was in January is when you said yes to Ohio and then your mom. And so he's trying to navigate and figure out what does it look like to move my family to Ohio? What does it look like to become a lead pastor? How do I be faithful to core church and oh yeah um my mom has breast cancer and uh she's losing all her hair and she's getting sick and she has to, i have to take her to her chemotherapy yeah so you were taking like entire days mm -hmm. that you, you know and that we gladly released you to do but that doesn't change the workload it doesn't change the struggle it doesn't take, change the pressure so you're doing all of that and then the coronavirus yeah. hits. Yeah, and then and then COVID dropped in our laps, and so uh, and we had all these plans in terms of how we were going to transition up there. Uh, during Easter, I was going to go and uh, preach the Easter weekend. It was going to be this big outreach we were going to do, and none of that happened. Uh -huh. And then on top of that, um, so they they had about six weeks of a gap between the pastoral transitions that they were going to fill in with guest speakers. And so this happens, and they don't have the ability to do online church to get that videoed. And so for the past six weeks, I've been trying to maintain my, my core church duties and helping mm -hmm. us do online church and helping mm -hmm. us do that and making worship happen, making sure group leaders, you know, getting started, all that stuff, taking care of my mom, taking her to uh, chemo treatment, yep. making sure that she's getting, you know, um, walking her through times when she doesn't feel good, helping her get her medicine. 
and then preaching and preparing a message every week mm -hmm. uh, and preaching at, at Lifehouse as well. We, we, this, this thing, when you step into your calling, when you step into that mission or, or and live a sent life, what you have to, it, it comes, it costs. There's a cost to it. There is, there is, that's why Jesus said, take up your cross, because there's going to be a cost. You're going to have to take up a cross. It's not going to be easy. And frankly, this is why most people settle for normal. Like I believe right now, in the middle of all of that's happening, God has caused us to slow down and to begin to pause and process. And I believe God's burst some things in, in you, and you know it. You know these things that God wants you to do, but then you're looking at the cross, and you're like, that is going to be hard. That is going to be difficult. But the only way to get to the other side, the only way to get to victory, the only way to get to what the, the promised land and what God has for you, the greatness that God has for you, is to press through that. That's why I like the second half of verse 20. Because it doesn't just leave us with the nail-scarred hands and, and, the, and his side. It says this, they were filled with what? Joy. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Anybody remember that old school little kid song? I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Where? That's my people right there. Some of you didn't, did you not, do you know that song? You know the song? You know? Okay, good, church people. Some of you I know you weren't raised in church, you're like, what just happened? What was that? Um, that's a good old little kids. Sunday. Google it when we're done. Yeah. Great song. But I mean, there is joy. You've got to look for the joy. Like they thought it was over. They had lost everything. And then suddenly Jesus is standing right in front of them. You've got to look for Jesus. You've got to look for Jesus and the joy in the middle of it. How have you done that in the midst of all that? Yeah. yeah so, you know, I love that because... Their joy was when they looked at the Lord. And I, and I think sometimes when we get into situations like this, it's so hard because we think, well, if, if I'm encountering opposition, that must mean God doesn't want me to do it. Mm -hmm. But I think if, if all you're encountering is opposition, then maybe you do need to stop and evaluate what's happening. But what I've seen in, in our situation here is, yes, there's been opposition, but I've seen God come through in even greater faithfulness. And when I get my eyes on those things, those are what cause me to have joy in the midst of this process. A couple of four examples. I talked about my mom having cancer, but the great thing about this is that because of the timeline of how we've moved, we have been able to be here through the worst part of her treatment. She was on this medication that they call the red devil. And my mom is such a strong wow. believer that I knew when they told her that it was nicknamed the red devil, I, I was worried she wasn't going to let the, let them put it in her. I don't want, I don't want the devil, you know, it's like. I'm laughing because I know your you, mom. Yeah, I was I was worried I was going to have to come in and say, Mom, just think of it as like the blood of Jesus. You know, just that they're putting that in. Did she, take her, did she take her Bible in with her? Yeah, she, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but that's the one that makes you lose all your hair, makes your mm. white blood cell count drop to nothing. And... Um, she had four treatments of that that were every other week, and I was able to be there through every one of those treatments, through the times when she had to go back in to get a supplemental IV because she wasn't feeling good. Mm -hmm. and, and as we leave now, she's now in a point of her treatment that, that's much easier. The medication's not as harsh, and, and so she's able to do that. And God has provided her with a great church family. In fact, I um, uh, this week took her to chemo to start the new uh, drug that's not as bad. When we came back on her porch, there was a bag of food on her porch. Wow. And I just knew, for me, I want to tell you, this is fresh, like this just happened. For me, when I saw that bag of food, it was God saying to me, I'm going to take care of your mom. And I knew that she's going to be okay. And, and I, I see God, and those are the things that gives me joy through the process. We sold, in the middle of the coronavirus, mm. we sold our house in two days. We, we had it listed for 48 hours. We had over 20 showings. We had 12 offers. Yeah come in on the house. And in the midst of that, in the craziness of me preaching at Lifehouse, I've had an opportunity now to speak into this church for the last six weeks yeah. for them to get to know me. I'm not yeah. going in cold now when I go in. They're not no. going to go like, who is this guy? Do I like his jokes? Man, he talks about his kids a lot. You know, this guy's really a big nerd. I don't know if this is the church. I've gotten all that out of the way, you know? And so they, but, but I see God at work and, and where I see him working is greater than the opposition. Mm -hmm. And that's what gives me joy is when I see him at work, I know that, man, God's, God's with me. He's for me. That's the beauty of that because, you you know, when you're in the middle of, the, of COVID-19, who's going to go into your house? And how can you do a showing of a house? I remember thinking, I mean, I should have had better faith, but I was just like, 
how they're not, how they're not going to be able to sell this house. How are they going to sell this house? And, and then, I mean, truthfully, then I would pray. Then I'd say, no, God, you can sell the house. I don't know how you're going to sell it, God. <laughs> I mean, but you can sell it. And, and what happened in that? And then to think about, and she goes to a Korean church here. Yeah. And this is the power of the church, by the way. This is why we don't just operate separately in our homes. Like what we're doing right now is only out of necessity. We have to do this. But this is not a long-term answer for the church to be disconnected. Like, how cool is this, man? I get to see the preacher and I get to go get some coffee. Some of you are probably coming back from the bathroom right now and you miss the whole story. Uh, your kids are crawling over you and you're like, maybe I'll watch it later on demand. That's not the church. And, and it, we were never meant to just sit in our living rooms by ourselves with just our family. Like that, We were meant to come together, do life. Like, I can't even, you have no idea sometimes when you are ministering to somebody in the church body, you have no idea how desperately that is needed. And that what that church did for you in that yeah. moment. They had no idea how much that you needed that. They were doing it for your mom, but they yeah. did that. Look for the joy. Look for Jesus in the middle of that. So then in verse 21, it says this. And uh, and by the way, I don't know how long we've gone. We might, I, we might be 45 minutes in. I don't know. But... Um, you're just going to have to be patient today. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I hate goodbyes. It's <laughs> my Dumb and Dumber reference for this one. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I mean, if you put the two of us together and you thought it was going to be short, I don't know where you've been the last few years. But... <laughs> uh, so verse 21, he says this. Okay, so we're, gonna, we're moving through this. But we're halfway through. Stay with it. All you core kids workers, you know what's up right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right now the core kid workers are like, Thank you, Jesus, we are still on lockdown. <laughs> they're, out, they're the only ones right now that are celebrating that we're having to do this online and not in person. Okay, verse 21. Uh, again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, he said this, say this with me, so I am sending you. Write this down. We're sent because Jesus was sent. We're all sent, not just Daniel and die, not just a select few, but we are all sent because Jesus was sent. Why? We've got to constantly remind ourselves, oh yeah, because people need the gospel. People need the hope and the healing and the peace and the purpose of Jesus. As we begin to go back out into our workplaces, you begin to go back in the fall to, to school, when you, some of you go off to college, when some of you come back to college, when, when some of you are wherever you're going back to, we're being sent back into the world to take the gospel message. And what I like here is this idea is that Jesus first comforted them, peace be with you, but then he challenged them. He just flipped it really quickly and said, oh yeah, hey, as I was sent, so I am sending you. And what Jesus does is he comforts us, but he doesn't want us to get comfortable. Yeah. And when you and I were talking about this, this is something you've really struggled with in the last year was being comfortable. Yeah, it was, man, probably a year and a half ago. I, I remember we were at a strategic planning meeting and we took time, and this was as a staff, and we took time to pray for one another and we all were, were praying, you know, what's going on in our life. And, and um, I just remember sitting there as the staff was surrounding me. And I'm like, nothing. Like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. and, 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 but in a way that it was, and so that combined with a few weeks, I think it was a few weeks later, there was, there was something that I heard. It may have been you as you were leading a prayer, a staff prayer, or just a may have, but, but it was something where, along the lines of I heard someone say, what, what big thing in your life are you believing God for? Like, what do you have to have big faith for in your yeah. life right now? And I want to tell you, church, it, it, was, it was one of those questions that haunted me, that, that mm. rocked me, because I was like, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I mean, I'm believing God for a new group leader in the fall. Wow. Not, not that that's bad. Mm. But there was something where I Which realized... Is actually, that's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have no idea. Yeah, that's, that's very true. One group leader. And that's that's huge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> miracles have happened. Yeah, um, but but I just I just kind of realized that I had fallen into a state where I was just really comfortable. Mm -hmm. Family was good, church life was good. I was kind of figuring out you know, this whole pastor thing, and and, and so I, I want to be clear here that whenever you get comfortable, it's not necessarily that I'm saying that that you have to drop an A bomb. 
on your life. Mm -hmm. But I think what you do have to do is when you get in those moments, you do have to say, God, I'm willing for you to make me uncomfortable. Right. And that was the birth of this way before any calls or any interview, way before all that happened. The birth of this was me saying, God, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. God, I'm, I want to believe you for something big in my life. Mm -hmm. God, I want you to stretch me and I want you to I want you to do something in my life that's bigger than me. God, and I believe you have more for my life mm -hmm. than this. And whatever and that was not God make me a lead pastor. I don't know if that was God, I'm gonna start a ministry, God, I'm gonna maybe do a different role here at Core Church. Right. What I I didn't know what that was. I was just saying, God, whatever you want to do, I'm giving you permission to make me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you permission to stretch me. And that was really the birth of all of this. Yeah, I, I love through that whole process how you and I would have those conversations about, because uh, that's how I am with all of our staff, is mm -hmm. it's a two-sided coin with me at all times. Like, one, we're called to minister to the people in our church, but you also have a ministry, and it's your family and the calling God has on you. And so we would talk through, what does that look like for you? Yeah. What do you think God is doing? And, and I, I remember two years ago, I was on a, um, a study sabbatical, and if you don't know what that is in pastoral terms, a study sabbatical, you've been on one. Like the last six weeks, that's what you've been on. Uh, so to give you an idea, we've all been on sabbatical. Um, but while I was gone, this guy had to uh, fill the shoes, uh, quote unquote, of being the lead pastor and fill that role. And then when I came back. The first thing I said was, I never want to be lead pastor. Yeah. I was like. The kiss never. of death right there. I never want to be a lead pastor. He's like, you, you, you can have it. And, and I thought, oh, okay. Um, but what I like, though, is that what you have to remember is many times the very thing that you're pushing back on is the thing God is pushing you into. Um, not every time, but yeah. many of the th I, almost all the time. When you're pushing back on it, God is trying to push you into wow. it. The biblical example I think of that is Jacob. Jacob wrestled with God all night to the point that he broke his hip. Yeah. Um, and he was just wrestling with God. And when it was all done, God changed his name from Jacob to Israel mm -hmm. to birth a nation out of him. And that can only happen. Your calling and what God wants you to move into can only come through a wrestling. Yeah. So then let's go to verse 22. It says this in verse 22. Then he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. See, we can't stop at verse 21 and say, oh, God's sending me. I'm just going to go. No, no, you can't go without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You will fail miserably without the Holy Spirit. He's got to guide you. Write this down. It's simple. I am sent by his Spirit. I am sent by his Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who sends us out. I talked about this last week. Why do I need the Holy Spirit? Three reasons. One, he's the counselor. You, as you move to Ohio, as you move through the process of the calling, you needed him to speak to you, to be yeah. a counselor, to tell you what to do. Yeah. Uh, you need him to be a comforter. You're in the middle of this dealing with your mom. You're dealing with COVID-19. And now moving, there's going to be difficult days. And you need him to comfort you in the middle of that, like to come around you and say, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You're going to get through this. But you also need him to be a conqueror. Like as you think about all those things I just mentioned, for you, you need God... I need you to be a conqueror for my mom. Mm -hmm. I need you, God, to conquer this for my children. I, I mean, that you're, you're taking your children and you're uprooting them from the only life they've known, mm -hmm. the only church they've known, the only family they've known. And by the way, that's my story. That's my journey. I was 10 years old. Olivia, are you 10, Olivia? Um, I'll be 10 in the summer. She's going to be 10 this summer. Okay. But I was 10 years old. I think I was actually, yeah, 10. And we uprooted from California and went to, my dad went into full-time ministry and went to a Bible college. And I left the everything I ever knew in my life. And there's so much challenge in the middle of that that you need God to comfort you. You need yeah. him to comfort your children. You need him to comfort your wife as, as you, you do all this. And you, you need him to be the conqueror. You need him to conquer all these things. And, and that he can push through whatever obstacles come your way because you're going to face the obstacles because you... you we don't send ourselves. So last week, that's what we talked about. But here's what I want to know. So um, how, how do you know that the Holy Spirit is calling you to do something? And you preached about this. I, I did, yeah. So when I got ordained, uh, which was some 
time. It, I mean, time is like irrelevant right now in the middle of this. I don't know. Right. It, it happened sometime a long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. But when I got when I go to ordained, I, I had a chance to talk through a little bit of, of the journey of of coming into ministry. And so I use this illustration, and this is this is why I think it's good. I, I hope it's good. The people at Ohio are going to hear it at some point too. So, um, but I, I had this big board uh, like easel, and I, I drew a, a dart board on it. I said a lot of times we feel like when we're trying to find God's will, it's like we're trying to throw darts and hit the middle of this bullseye. It's mm-hmm. like the idea of his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's like the perfect will of God is the yeah. center of the bullseye. And if I just pray hard enough and I just do the right thing and I just hold my toes just right, maybe I can hit. The, and and I, I remember when I did it, one, I didn't hit the bullseye at all. Or like mm-hmm. it bounced off the I board. I was there. I was there. Yeah. And, it, <laughs> and then one time it? I accidentally hit the bullseye, which I was not trying to do because it ruined my illustration. But anyways, <laughs> the idea is that, you know, it's just this like, chance thing maybe i can get into yeah. god's will and i said i don't i don't think god's will operates that way i tore off the paper and rolled it up into the shape of a funnel i, th- I think god's will is more like a funnel that mm-hmm. if you're seeking god mm-hmm. and, and you it's like the the coin things at walmart you know i know mm-hmm. we can't go to walmart and do the coin thing anymore but you know you remember when you could and, and it, w- it would go around the the funnel <laughs> and it would roll around and, and sometimes you just feel like you're rolling around and like past this point but if you're seeking God, what's happening is God's drawing you mm. further and further yeah. into yeah. his perfect will. And, and it's my job just to stay in the funnel. Yeah. It's my job just to stay close to him, to keep seeking after him. And if I do that, he's going to he's going to funnel me into his will. That's right. And that's, yeah. what, and that's what happens in my life. Uh, and I, what I love about that is I feel like that's your journey. Mm-hmm. That's 11 and a half years. It's not like all of a sudden yeah. you figured out God's call for your life. It only yeah. took you 11 and a half years to do that. No, you have been in the funnel. You've yeah. been in the will of God. You've been in the call of God, but he's just been refining it, refining it, refining it. And it was your job to stay. Okay, so that's great. But... How did you know? I mean, cute illustration. Yeah, yeah. But enough, I, enough preacher talk, Daniel. <laughs> enough preacher talk. How did you know that you were supposed to uproot your family, mm-hmm. go somewhere that you've never been before to a people you do not know? Yeah. So, so you know, it's a culmination. Of the, so there's all those things that we've kind of already talked about, God birthing this, this thing in me to take a big step of faith. And then there's, but you have to look for where God's confirming things. In, in anything, when you're making a big decision, am I going to do something? You have to see, is God confirming it? And, and that's why it's so important to stay in the Word and to stay in prayer, by the mm-hmm. way, because you have to be looking for God speaking into your life. So one of, the, I have, one of the examples that I have is I went to lunch with a leader in our church. And compl- not for this at all. Just We were going to go to lunch, just talk about, I think we we're going to talk about groups or something like that anyways. The whole lunch, he spends just pouring into me about Daniel, the world needs good pastors, and I believe you're one, and I believe God's calling you to do something great, and I believe God's calling you to lead. He had no idea what was going on in my life, Brad. He had no idea that I'm wrestling with the decision. Yeah. And the whole time, he's pouring into me about the importance of taking a step and doing something because he believes that I can be, I can be a pastor that can make a difference. Mm-hmm. That's not at all why we went to lunch. But I left that lunch knowing, okay, God, I have heard you audibly very few times in my life. I know I just heard you. Yeah. I know you just spoke to me in that right. moment. Right. And, and other things, too. You know, um, we were reading a book as a staff. should have never read that book. Oh, my God. Eric, <laughs> we should have never read that book. We were reading this book as a staff, Gaining by Losing by J.D. Greer. Don't read it. Gaining by Losing, <laughs> a national worst seller. <laughs> this... Uh, this this is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so so we're reading, and so uh, I love Pastor Brad because he, he, he really is into leadership development. So as a staff, we go through a lot of books, and we're reading this book. And everyone, you know, we're just kind of all reading it. But I want to tell you, as I'm reading it, it is like stirring up mm-hmm. something inside of me because mm-hmm. the whole book is about this idea of what we're talking about today, about living sent. Yeah. About the church is not just about I'm going to build this church and I'm going to build my building and build my ministries and that's, but it's about the church is is to be sent out yeah. into the world and and I'm reading this and it's just stirring up something inside me. God, I want you to send me. Mm. And and uh, and so you know things like that were happening and, and, and just all these all these little things where mm-hmm. where God is speaking and, and you know and, and it's like it, weird things too. I, this is not even something I mentioned as we were fleshing this out. So we go to we go to Ohio to, to interview with the church and just and to see it. And 
as we're setting up the trip, the, the, the pastor there says to me, hey, maybe, uh, maybe it'll snow, you know, and you guys can see some snow when you come up here. And, and we're going in January in Ohio, right? It's supposed to be cold and miserable. I got, can I interrupt just quickly? Yes. I was super excited about that too because I was like, oh man, I hope it's cold and miserable and this will be great. Yeah, yeah. So, we, so he says to me, maybe we'll have some snow and you guys can experience it. And I said, well, if you want God to move and if you want my wife to be open to this, you better pray that you have like record temperatures. I kid you not, we get to Ohio. Oh, it yeah. was 75 degrees in January. Yeah. Record <laughs> They have not had 75 degrees in over 100 years in January. And it was 30 right. and snowing here in Tulsa. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm like, it was. that's weird. I was like, okay, God, that's kind of weird. It was completely flipped. But what I love is next January, we're all going to be laughing at you when God's going, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to be you're gonna be having your next COVID thing, but it's going to be the cold freezing that you can't leave your house. <laughs> but here, here's the thing about that that I think is so important when you're thinking about like, how do, I, how do I hear the Holy Spirit? We make it so mystical, and I believe, absolutely I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit would, can, will just speak to your spirit, and you will just know. Yeah. He'll speak to you through Scripture. He'll speak to you through prayer. It's, it's simply this. It's all about walking with God. Mm-hmm. If you walk with Him, and you're listening, and you're sensitive, and you're looking, you won't miss it. Because that's what I, I believe God is always speaking to us in all through books, through movies, yeah. through conversations. The, it's, when we, I came back from the trip, I remember going through the book of Acts and reading the story about the Macedonians who, who cried out to Paul, hey, he had that dream, come, come help us. And it was like I read that right after I got back, and there's this church saying, come help us. And I'm mm-hmm. like, God, I feel like you're speaking to me through the scripture. Mm. And that's, I think, why we want to send you is why would we hold on to a great leader? I mean, this is the, this is, this is the problem, Core Church. When you raise up a great leader, they don't stick around. Um, and, and, you know, they're not meant to be a backup quarterback. They're, they're meant to go and, and be a starter. And right now in Ohio, there's a church, like the church in Macedonia, saying, will you, will you come help us? And I remember when their pastor, their their former pastor who was also part of helping find the the finding you called me and said hey what do you think about Daniel and I was like this is my shot this is my opportunity (laughs) and I just said um if you don't snatch him up somebody is because he's one of the great leaders and uh and so we are I mean I'm excited about this Uh, and we're excited to send you and and so what I want us to do um we're gonna we're gonna have communion we're gonna have prayer here in just a moment but I, I want us to pray for Daniel and Di and uh, Olivia and Claire and Andrew. So you guys, can you come up? And we're going to have them come up. And we're just going to, um, as best we can do this with social distancing, uh, we're going to pray for them uh, as we prepare uh, to send them. Uh, Daniel, you had, I think you wanted to just take a moment. I want to give you a moment. I know you want to talk to the people at Core Church. And so I'll give you a chance to do that. Yeah. So um, Core Church, I, d- I just want to take a moment on behalf of myself and my family um, just to say thank you. Thank you for letting us be a part of this journey with you guys for the last 11 and a half years. Thank you for those of you that were at Connection Church. Thank you you for those of you that stuck with us through the merger. Thank you those of you that have come and and Core Church is all you've known. Uh, Thank you for your support. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for your belief in us. It means more to us than we could ever put into words and that we could ever express. And having to leave this way in the middle of this mess um, is literally one of the worst things about this. But we want you to know how much we love you. We want you to know how much we will carry you with us when we go, how much of the DNA of this church is going to be infused into a church, and because of that, how much of a difference that you guys are making in the church. And this is what it's about, church, is we lay our lives down for the kingdom. And it's not about us, and it's not about us just getting what we want out of life, and it's not just about, I, I 
was able to check off all the boxes on my bucket list, but it's about us laying down our lives for the call of Christ. And that is not a ministry thing. That is not a pastor thing. That is a Christ follower thing. Mm. And so I want to thank you for allowing us to do that, for believing, and for just for, for being the kind of church that does that because it's rare and it's beautiful. So on behalf of our family, we love you. We will miss you. We covet your prayers. And we just want to say thank you so much for this journey. So I got a gift for you, Blar, bring that, uh, the gift. And um, man, I, uh, what, what, a, what, a, what a journey, 11 and a half years. So uh, I am a huge, huge John Maxwell fan. Uh, our staff, when the, they, they would think like he's my dad or something, or somehow I'm related, or I have stock in a John Maxwell company. Yeah. We read a lot of John Maxwell. I, I really deeply admire him. Uh, he's a godly man. And one of my most cherished possessions is I have a John Maxwell Leadership Bible. It's a really cool Bible because it, it takes all of Scripture and takes some of John's leadership principles and applies them to Scripture. And so this is yours, my friend. Um, my gift to you uh, just to sow into your ministry, believe in you as a leader. Die, you're going to be an insanely amazing pastor's wife. And, um, and Claire, and watching your, to see these kids grow up, and I told your dad, Olivia, you are going to be a great, great leader. A great leader. You remind me a lot of myself, and you're going to grow up, and you are going to turn the world on its head. And Claire, you have the most compassionate spirit of anybody I've ever met. You remind me so much of Miss Laura, because you just love people, and people need to be loved. They need to know they're loved, and God's going to use you. And Andrew, I'm going to miss going to your games, buddy. I'm going to miss that. But man, uh, you're a great kid. And I know good things are coming for you too. So let's pray for them. Father, we just thank you in this moment. It's difficult. It's, it's odd. It's confusing because we're, we're all spread out. We're in homes and apartments and workplaces. And, and here we're here in this place and we kind of have to practice this social distancing, but we don't, but we do. It's just so confusing, God. But what we're asking right now is there's nothing confusing about your spirit. There's nothing confusing about your call. And I just pray right now in Jesus name that the spirit of God would rest on this family, that it would rest on them, that if they need God, if they need you to be a counselor, you'll be the counselor. If they need you to be the comforter, you will be their comforter. And if you need them to be the conqueror, you'll be the conqueror. I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Hey, let's give them some love in the house. Come on. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much.